So I knew going into this that my path was going to be different than others before me. So it's a little bit difficult to give advice on that kind of thing simply because of that reason. There's a, a novelist who writes that writing a novel is like driving at night. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And I feel like that's a good metaphor for a creative arts career in that you never really see the full path laid before you, but you just have to trust that uh, it'll get you to where you need to go and you gotta trust your intuition, trust your instincts and follow what interests you, follow your curiosity. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five Ps. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today, my special guest is Veronica Vale, who has started her own business using her talents in the creative arts. Welcome, Veronica. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Marcy. We're so happy to have you today. I have to say, um, some of my guests are handpicked, and you are a person I've known um, since she was three. So we go back a long way before <laughs> you were Veronica Vale, and uh, you have grown into such an amazing woman, so successful in your career. I'd love if you could just tell our audience a little bit about your journey to where you are now. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Uh, again, my name is Veronica Vale. Um, Marcy has known me my entire life just about. And for that entire time, I've always known that I wanted to be an artist. So that was always the answer to my question whenever people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. So naturally, uh, I went to Appalachian State and I majored in art, but I also majored, double majored in English as well. I then uh, started pursuing uh, a career in art galleries. And I worked at as a fine art consultant in art galleries in Park City, Utah. I then moved back closer to North Carolina to be closer to family, where I worked in the art museum realm. And I was an event coordinator for a couple of years. And just this August, I decided to officially open my own business, uh, launch my website, launch my business this August, where I now am an artist and freelance writer. Congratulations. That is quite a journey. And going back to college when you when you studied art, did you have any idea that you would be an entrepreneur with your own business in your mid-20s? Um, what were you thinking back then? Well, I know I certainly hoped so, but I didn't know what the reality of that was. I know that uh, for a field in the arts, there's definitely a lot of misconceptions within the creative arts world. And uh, there's a myth of a starving artist, to be honest. And so I was lucky to have a support system that really encouraged me to go down this creative path, despite uh, the misnomers that there is no uh, money in it, that, it, that you're not going to be successful or that if you are successful, it's a rarity. So I was really delighted to see once I left college how that just simply wasn't true, how the arts is a lucrative field, uh, the, there's an abundance of opportunities. Um, so I was really delighted to kind of play in the creative arts field for a little while before I decided to launch my own business. Um, but I certainly hoped that I would make it to where I am now. Um, I wasn't sure what the timeline would look like, but I'm definitely grateful for it. 
Let's go back to that transition to working in the art gallery that you mentioned before starting your own business. What were some of the biggest things you learned through that experience that helped you get to this current job? Definitely. Well, I think one of the things that I learned is that the creative arts field is very unique in that there is no particular set path laid before you. I know that in some other careers, for instance, if you wanted to become a doctor, there is a a path laid before your feet that many have walked before you. You go to undergraduate school, medical school, school, residency, get placed in the hospital. For a creative career, it's wildly different in that everybody's experience is going to be unique. So I knew going into this that uh, my path was going to be different than others before me. So it's a little bit difficult to give advice on that kind of thing simply because of that reason. There's a a novelist who writes that... uh, Writing a novel is like driving at night. You can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way. And I feel like that's a good metaphor for a creative arts career in that you never really see the full path laid before you, but you just have to trust that uh, it'll get you to where you need to go and you gotta trust your intuition, trust your instincts and uh, follow what interests you, follow your curiosity. Uh, when I first entered the field, it was almost an accident. Um, I was just applying for a job to uh, make a little bit of money while I waited for my then fiance to graduate. He was one semester below me. Um, And I applied for a job in an art gallery, not really knowing what it was like, not really knowing what the world was like, but just thought I would give it a try. And I ended up loving it. Uh, Got into art sales for a while. That opportunity led to another opportunity at a high-end art gallery in Park City, which was one of the best experiences of my life. And I actually still work with that art gallery. So I think that one of my biggest advices to anybody transitioning from college to uh, the, the art world is to take whatever opportunities interest you because you never know where they're going to lead. Wonderful. Moving to Park City. Wow, that was a big change. And I know a lot of our listeners have grown up in North Carolina, similar to you, and kind of have these wide eyes. Whoa, the world's out there. Did you enjoy that transition in Park City? What was it like? And you mentioned coming back closer to home. Tell us about that whole transition. Yeah, well, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Uh, my husband and I actually met rock climbing, and we just love being out in nature, we wanted to go somewhere that felt uh, really wildly different than anything we'd known growing up. Uh, I think that's how you really grow the most is stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone. So we really wanted to go somewhere far away from home uh, so that we couldn't rely on our support systems, um, kind of forced independence in a way. Um, And we loved our experience there. We were really lucky to have a very, uh, very wonderful experience. We did decide to come back simply because we missed family and we knew that we wanted to start uh, planting roots somewhere closer to the people that we really love. And that that also ties back into your values, like you said, feeling like family is important to you and making choices that align with those values um, coming back to North Carolina. But I love that you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. And even now starting this business, let's talk about fear. I think a lot of people have ideas about something. Maybe they think they have this idea. I think I could own my own business and I'd love to do that. But there's this big F-bomb standing in their way and they're just like, wait, I don't think I have the courage to do that. How did you overcome that, Veronica? Uh, definitely. And, I, and I'm not going to say that I don't have fear because I still I still do struggle with uh, feeling fearful of 
really what it comes down to is just being vulnerable. Um, and arts in itself is already a very vulnerable profession because you're, you sometimes feel like your self-worth is so intertwined with your art, uh, that it's hard to separate the two. Uh, if someone insults your, it criticizes your work, it kind of feels personal. So you're already feeling this sense of vulnerability, but I think that honestly college does help prepare you for that level of criticism and reduction. Um, I know that if you're going into an arts field or have an arts degree, you're accustomed to regular critiques of your work. And that kind of allows you to uh, get comfortable with that sort of rejection or that sort of confronting the fear of criticism. Um, so I have I have college to thank uh, for my tougher skin of, of going through that. But I think also it's just important to remember how when you do feel most vulnerable, it's usually when you are growing the most. Um, so I think it's really, you got to remember that your deepest connections, your deepest relationships are the ones where you're the most vulnerable. And I think people are drawn to that authenticity and people, you endear others towards you through your own vulnerability. So although it's a scary thing to do, um, a lot of times people will really see that authenticity, see that vulnerability in you and respond very positively to that. Uh, and it's a moment where you're growing the most. So I've personally seen your creative art, and I think you're amazingly talented. And I'm, we will absolutely link to your website so others can see that. What do you see in the future for yourself? What kinds of goals do you have for where you would like to take your creativity? Oh, that's a great question. I think every year I, rather than make a resolution, I set a word of intention for my year. Um, so it's something that I look towards as a, a guiding light to what my year is going to look like. And this year, uh, my work, chosen word was grow. So I really want to focus on gradual growth and uh, gratitude. So I know that in this uh, world, we're fairly accustomed to viral moments, viral sensations, overnight successes. So it's hard to avoid comparing yourselves to others. Uh, but again, comparison is the thief of joy, as Theodore Roosevelt would say. Um, and I just... I believe that I need to celebrate the little successes in order to find the gratitude for, for everything that all the progress that I've been making. That gratitude is so important and it's so easy to get dragged down by problems in your life. And just to remind yourself that, you know, you have this business and you're successful and you're moving forward. I think with entrepreneurship comes this how do I separate my personal and my work life? And I wonder if you could speak a little bit about that um, because it's always there. And how do you make time for yourself that so that your creative side doesn't become so overwhelming in your life that it's not fun anymore? Right. Well, I think that college does prepare you for that in that sense as well, because I know in college you're, you're juggling so many different things. You're balancing uh, extracurriculars, your classes, your relationships, your clubs, what have you. So you kind of learn to strike a work-life balance um, early on. But that's especially important going into creative arts fields where you are doing for work what you love to do. Um, so I think in that sense... If you are working freelance or if you become an entrepreneur, one of the most important things to do is learning self-discipline and learning when to be your own boss in a sense. And with that, you want to be the kind of boss that you wish that you had within a creative arts field, meaning you know how to set goals and stick to those goals, keep yourself accountable. You know how to make a schedule and stick to that schedule and in some ways be protective of that schedule. 
Um, but you also want to, to strike the balance with being kind with yourself and remembering that you need to take breaks and that it's okay to take time off because when you're doing something you love, uh, it is worthwhile and you're doing uh, what you love every day, but you don't want to blur the line between work and passion too much. Yeah. there. I know one of my friends loves soccer and started a career with soccer. And then they were like, I hate soccer now. Oh, and no. so it's, it's tough. And like for people who have a passion, how do you think you, you should decide if that should be your vocation versus your hobby? Like I know you said you love rock climbing. So you do rock climbing, but not for money. What are your thoughts on passions? And you use the word curiosity, which I thought was even a better word than passion because passion sometimes makes people feel a little bit scared that they might not have one, but everyone has curiosity. Right. I think that goes what we were talking about, inspirational podcasts. And uh, if your students haven't listened to one by Elizabeth Gilbert, where she distinguishes the difference between passion and following your passion and following your curiosity. I think that's a really great thing for people that maybe don't feel like they have any one particular jackhammer passion, um, but they want to follow their curiosity uh, to where it leads them. Well, with art, you are doing that a lot during the day. So is that still fun for you? It's actually very fun for me. I'm, I'm really grateful to have a job that uh, I truly love what I do every day. There are days where it's certainly more challenging than others and days where it's difficult to, to gain motivation for something because art is one of those things where you feel that you need inspiration to strike you before you start on it. But in reality, sometimes you just need to start and inspiration will follow. Um, and that's one of the difficult things to understand is that it's not just entirely passion and inspiration. It's also hard work and discipline um, that will hopefully lead to that passion and inspiration and enjoyment. Oh, that's a really good tip to to just wait for the inspiration to come and not put so much pressure on yourself at all times. And when someone's trying to start their idea, like you said, people get famous so quickly. What what would your tips be for just beginning an endeavor and and just having the courage to jump in and open up your social media, your website and just hang up your shingle and say, here I am ready to be your artist. You're a person with a good idea. What is the advice you have for beginning to market yourself? Um, before I began to market myself, I had to think about what exactly I wanted my brand to be, what exactly I wanted to represent myself. Um, so whether that's something that's uh, more whimsical, playful, or more serious, or uh, whatever your brand you consider it to be, I like to think holistically about what do I want that to be, and then everything else will follow in line with that. So before I actually launched my business, I, I actually probably unnecessarily created an entire brand guide for my business before I ever launched. So I had color schemes, I had words and association that I wanted my brand to be associated with. I had different fonts and texts, different descriptors. I had all these different designs ready, uh, not necessarily because that was what I was immediately going to put out, but because it was something that I wanted to keep in mind as, a, again, a guiding light to how I wanted to present myself to the world. That's amazing. I never thought about all the behind the scenes work involved in your brand. So if you were to describe your brand, maybe in an elevator pitch in 30 seconds, um, how would you sell it to someone that was wanting to know what you stand for? Yeah, so I think I would describe my brand or my particular style of work as peaceful and cheerful. 
Uh, that's something that was really important to me. I want to make art that make people feel inspired, feel happy, feel excited, um, but also just feel really at peace with this world in the world, especially during this time. I think it's something that we all really... So important. I mean, we're recording this at the start of a new year. People want to be inspired. We've just been through nine months of a quarantine. We're all trying to be hopeful about vaccines and being able to be out in the world again. And here you're bringing forward these beautiful pieces that bring people so much joy. I know when we and my family got ours over the holidays, <laughs> it brought us all so much happiness to see these um, wonderful creations. Um, so I'm so impressed with you, Veronica. We're, we're at the point now where I'm going to ask you my time machine question. So we're going to zoom into the year 2040. And I would love for you to share advice with Veronica Vale of 2021 that you currently need to hear from your wise self, who will be, I think, in her 40s at that point. Um, so I think one of the things that I really need to work on that I would like to give myself advice for is being protective of my own schedule and learning to set better boundaries for myself. Um, I know that schedule flexibility is one of the uh, pros of starting your own business and being an entrepreneur. But I also think in order to accomplish everything that you want to or really need to, you need to set a schedule and stick to that schedule. Um, and that involves sometimes saying no to people. That involves having the courage to set those boundaries for yourself so that you can get everything you need to get done, done. Because if you don't respect your schedule, then you can't expect anyone else to. That is a fantastic tip. It was so great having you today. Thanks, Veronica. Thanks so much, Marcy.